You're listening to Paint the Town podcast with your hosts, LA Street Art Gallery resident artist, teacher, and founder of LA Street Art Gallery, James Chen of. What's up, everyone? Paint the Town Podcast, episode 117. 117? What's Dude, up? we're almost at like 120, then it's going to be like 150. Next thing you know, like I was saying before, man, we're going to be at 200. Hell yeah, man. What and are we going to do for our 200th show? Oh, something huge. Can't, who, be, in, can't who, be in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> true that. Well, shit, Absolutely man. You know what, though? That. This year, well, just welcome Sal out to the show, man. Yeah. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Hello. Um, this year, you know what? We've we've done more episodes this year than we did in our first two seasons, man. So, well, it's a lot easier to do them when all we got to do is just pull up to the to the computer, <laughs> to the, <laughs> yeah, getting the support, I tune mean, in a little bit, make sure the other guy coming in's tuned in, and then go. The yeah, whole yeah, scene yeah. Has changed though. This is I was here last year about this time. Yeah, that's it was true. A completely different. Not unprofessional, but this is t- this is the. Well, we were in my office, right? Yeah. Instead, yeah. and now we're in. Uh, shout out to Art Share LA for providing us uh, uh, with the studio, Miss Cheyenne. Thank nice you so space. much, and Morgan. Absolutely, man. This is. Uh, I don't. I don't think it gets much better when it comes to you know recording studios. Uh, Any one of you guys want to thinking about renting this area, the space out, man? I can highly recommend it. Right in the middle of the arts, arts district, man. So. Uh, Dude, man, I'm excited to have you back, man. Resident artist, LA Street Art Gallery oh, yeah. in the house, man. Thanks, Shit, dude. So <laughs> it's good to be back. We're just happy to have you, man. How's the pandemic been treating you, bro? You know, uh, I would say I've been busier in the pandemic than I've been prior. I don't know if it just like kind of kicked. Because, I mean, it's been one of those things where the side hustle kind of became the main hustle. Mm. So I know now, you were offered originally you were going to be right before the pandemic hit. You're going to be like uh, you had a, a position, uh, right? Well, tell us about that. Yeah. yeah, no, there was a lot put into it. Um, it was going to be kind of a combination of because I've grown up in the restaurant industry. I've seen a lot of ins and outs of it. And then yeah. this restaurant was basically going to be a way to introduce kind of a I wouldn't say like a gallery, but you know, before it. I forget, man, <clears throat> I just want to, I just want to say like, uh, places to like hang art. Somebody told me actually, I was hanging out with this guy and he said that hookah bars are actually like a really good place to oh, hang art That's probably because like people true. are just like smoking and, uh, you know, if they're hanging out at hookah bars, they're probably kind of fancy people a well, lot of time. I will say this, and this is kind of a segue into what's going on this month, but I will definitely say that where restaurants are right now is definitely a unique time to leverage mm. some kind of financial aspect for them. So if you have a show, if you have something that you can bring a crowd and say, this is what I'm going to provide for you, they're probably in a situation where they're going trying to make some extra money and You're it's right. going to, you know, they're going to at least play ball. And that's really what's happening. Same thing. If, same thing as like any type of event venue yeah, space, oh, man. Yeah, like so so if true, you want so to true. fucking play Avalon or whatever, man, guess what? Here's your, Here's your opportunity. Because, you can't, <laughs> because they're not making any fucking money this year. And that's a, you know, 2020 has been obviously terrible, but it's also been a leveling playing field for that same reason. Yeah. You know, I've said it, the hustlers will survive. And yeah, it's one of those absolutely. situations where if you have the mindset, the world is for your taking. And, you know, it's never been more yeah. prevalent than right now. So. I, I can't imagine. I mean, like, 
I know there's this guy, that's why I'm kind of like cringing, but you know there's a guy that's still waiting for Corona to be over, just oh, waiting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and he hasn't done anything with it. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. Honest to God, okay, this is what I've run into organizing this event and reaching out to people and doing, you know, this is, okay, so I guess I should, I am throwing an event on October 29th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're kind of getting into that and everything, but basically, um, it's called We uh, We Have Fires to Fight. It's a support of Cal Fund. We're going to be uh, supporting the California Wildfire Relief Fund, basically mm. just um, doing anything we can to give back to so much of California. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of stuff that we don't agree on right now uh, politically, so why not come and support what's always going to be here for us, and that's California and our communities and stuff. So anyways, um, passing on past that, this is uh, kind of what... Um, how do you, this has been the year of like basically leveraging that little bit of thing that you can bring to the table and saying, I have something to give you, you know, let's, yeah. let's work with it. And so anyways, that's been the opportunity that I've gotten with these guys. So well, Dude, that's awesome. Man. Well, Bella, tell, Bella us, tell us about the event. Like, uh, the Bella Sarah is a nice place too. I mean. It is. Yeah. So, um, I had mentioned that I had been in the industry for a while and I'm not really here to talk about, you know, all restaurants and stuff like that, but I've, um, worked from every, People from Kevin Costner to the lowest man on the totem pole. Like, I've seen the ins and outs of the most spectacular restaurants to the... We're just hanging on to our last dollar when we're trying to make it. You know, it's... it's um, And Bellicera is, from what I see, is one of the top of the top places. I mean, it's got really good cuisine. We're talking about fountains in the backyard, um, beautiful hanging lights. Uh, so the whole experience. It, it's just, yeah. Did, Even wait, if did you we, just go there on a this date This isn't the night. place that we, we, we uh, had drinks with dirt no, last time. Right? No, okay. no, 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 no. I'm no. just saying, Salah takes, knows his place, man. He, he, I'm saying, <laughs> he'll be like, hey, let's meet up for drinks. And then it'll be some like, what What the fuck? Is this, is this a hotel here, dude? Really? <laughs> so I've I, never I, been invited I, out. I trust this guy's <laughs> taste. Know, know, but anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That was a good night, though. You, yeah, you definitely. Dirt and I, uh, <laughs> shout out, Dirt Cobain. <laughs> yeah. Dude, when are we going to get him on the show, man? Shit, I know. Dude. I tried to get him on this time. I'm just but, saying, uh, no no, no video next time. You know you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. maybe he's like a little bit shy, man. But, uh, you know, he's got fans that want to hear from him, yeah, man. So it's, people yeah. have been requesting him. And shit. But anyways, man. No, I mean, I, I, I'll get on him, too. Hell yeah, man. We, if you're listening, Dirt. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm it's sure time. he's not. It's time. <laughs> I'm sure he's not listening. <laughs> Uh, yeah, anyway, so, yeah, I mean, trust trust that we've got a good venue picked out. Um, awesome. Yeah, it's going to be for about 40 people. Um, we've got everything planned from hosts that are going to tell you about artwork as they seat you to, you know, virtual galleries, um, QR codes, so everything can be... Is there a dress code? Uh, for you? <laughs> no, I'm just I just, no, I, mean, <laughs> I just want to make sure people people yeah. know that this is a classy. Just, right. just it's not you, a dress code, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's like it's a classy affair. Yeah, basically, I, I've been saying no jeans unless I guess they have paint on them. Other than that, it's like you, you know, be a little bit. Well, uh, they're designer. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, this is this is like a really. I'm just trying to give the audience like a taste. Well, you for know, what? Like, I've I've been to the the um, venue. You know, I've I've been to that area, and it's nice. Yeah, mm. yeah it is. It's just a, a beautifully laid out. It's nice and clean, um, and uh, I really wouldn't mind living in that area. To be honest with you, <laughs> I've, lived there, I've lived there for about a year and a half now, and I will say that uh, it is a little step away from the craziness that can be LA. That's for sure. Um, but what I what I was also going to mention too is that um, my good buddy from school ages uh, has become a restaurant manager, and he is the one uh, running the place. Oh, uh, Bella okay. So uh, it was kind of coincidental that it all worked out, but um, it's been 
an experience working Wait, with so somebody. Wait, so how long you known this guy? Oh, about 12 years or oh, longer. Oh, wow. Yeah. Damn. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was coincidental in that it all panned out. Is this he an way, artist? But no, not on the slightest. Nice. Uh, yeah, just a nice. Okay, so he's just every day. Nice. Yeah, I mean, yeah, artist in the sense that he definitely knows how to run a, a restaurant well. Sure, you know? sure, sure. Of course, his art is <laughs> can't, different. Right, yeah. you can't, can't uh, backpedal on that. Yeah, yeah of he's course. doing what he needs to. Oh, dude, uh, you, this is like a... With drink pairings. Oh, yeah. That's what, Talk about that for a go. second. So, actually, that's a good point with artistry stuff. Um, so, there's three courses. Each course will be coming with, essentially, wine to, you know, pair with this course. And he's picked out the wines that will go with it. Um, Damn. Yeah. There will be lobster on the menu. Oh, um, we'll shit. Dude, that's high class. Yeah, no, this is... Uh, <laughs> that's like the connoisseur James was talking uh, level. About our, James was talking about our drinks, uh, you know, with dirt and... Uh, <laughs> That was pretty high class too. This is nothing oh, yeah. short of that. So, <laughs> dude, I'm looking forward to this. I've always said, you know, you got to dress the part. I'll tell you, there's about ten bucks in my bank account right now. But <laughs> you dress the fucking part, man. Who knows? You know, that's the way it's got to. You know. So, anyways, not that everything's to be showy and stuff, but it will be a nice evening. And a lot of it is because uh, with COVID being what COVID is, we can't have an event that isn't organized like a dinner. So it has to have seating. It has mm. to have food. Food. It has to have. Um, it doesn't have to have alcohol, but I guess if we're going to be involved, it yeah, probably yeah, should. Yeah, for uh, sure. So, <laughs> um, but yeah. So, anyways, that was one of the big things as, as far as like thinking creatively was how to uh, get this off the ground um, to not only benefit the uh, fires that have been taken over, obviously, but also to uh, introduce Monrovia to a, kind of a new, fun, modern street scene, and then also get. Um, then we're going to tag know. the place up, right? Yeah. Bring your own can, okay? <laughs> BYOC. Uh, fat cat. Take a look at this uh, venue right here. Hey, I'm just dude. saying, this is, this is, I mean, I know you went there in yeah. person, but there I'm just go. taking a look at it right now. It's yeah. pretty fucking fancy, and dude. See, yeah. Nice outdoor the venue. The pictures we're looking at here are, are great pictures, but what you can't see is there's a fountain in the background and a beautiful courtyard mm. with, uh, yeah, just... It's going to be um, – it should be really nice. It should be really so nice. How many, so uh, how many people are we limited to? So um, it's about 40 people, and unfortunately tickets are going pretty quick, so limited space. But um, we are trying to do more events like this. So if you don't get a chance to come to this one, you know, there will be more. Um, the idea is to basically mix art, community, and charity. I don't think at a lot of At the same place us, at Bellisera? Uh, you know, Bellisera or uh, other places like Bellisera. Uh, we don't want to saturate Monrovia too much, especially when there's so many places over in the San Gabriel Valley or nearby that could benefit from this type of stuff. We want to be able to expand, um, not well, just... Well, I tell you what's going to make the difference is if you're able to, you know, keep at the same level as, as Bellisera, yeah. whatever uh, venue we get. Because, yeah. you know, that's... Uh, the One of the things that the vibe, people can yeah. look at this, you know, uh, take the time to treat yourself. You know, you, you've been dealing with this COVID for, you know, seven, eight months now. You've been eating at home all the, all the fucking time. You're yeah. sick and tired of that shit. Treat yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Treat yourself. And at the same time, you know, you're going to be helping out people who've been suffering from the wildfires. Yeah, so. exactly. And I think that's key to know is that, look, there's a lot of people that you may not know that are being touched, that have been touched by wildfires, whether it's, you know, this year's 2020 fires or last year's. There's a lot of rebuilding that goes on year-round, and uh, the California Wildfire Relief Fund is actually a year-round commitment to our communities. Did we get funding from 
you know, you know, Washington for the fires. I heard. Oh well, there you go. Well, <laughs> no, I, I heard that first they said no, but then they're was that like a move? They're switching it, like it. A strong arm move, and then like a Gaviner. Well, it's twenty twenty. Talk- Everything is a debate. <laughs> Everything is a debate. I don't know if you've noticed that. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, but nonetheless, no, it's just okay. Real quick sidestep about uh. I call him the governor, dude. You know, our governor. You, you Gavin, dude. <laughs> yeah, okay. Gavin. I just Real wanted quick. to clear his throat one good time. Did you know? I'm did, sorry. You, no, That's... you're right. You're right. That's how I feel, too. But did you know that this guy, his ex-wife, is Donald Trump Jr.'s current girlfriend? That lady yeah. that went, yeah. we will ball prevail or whatever. Guilfoyle. You, you know yes. what I mean? So I'm just oh. saying. And it's just uh, oh my gosh. be gone. Well, everyone's in bed with everybody when it comes to politics. Yeah, so and also Gavin Newsom is related to Nancy Pelosi, dude. Mm-hmm. So this is like some weird Game of Thrones shit to me, man. I'm just like, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Game of Thrones? Yeah. How did you? No, because there's like all these different <laughs> families and different... Uh, Winter is coming. You know, not but anyways, man, I just want to show you guys. Did you guys see this picture of uh, Gavin Newsom laying on a rug right here with uh, Donald Trump X Jr.'s... Uh, <laughs> Oh wow! Gotta, okay, any, you didn't any, tell me I'd be looking at smut. No, oh. I'm just saying. Okay, <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Any guy that takes Jesus. a picture like this yeah. with uh, it, at his time, his wife. I'm just saying. I can't on. really respect any that wow, much. But that's anyway, we're, uh, we're looking at a picture of two people on the floor. Yeah, he's like cradling her. Yeah, it's not. Very, <laughs> you got to wonder how long they spent getting them in that position. And I'm just saying, this is the guy that everybody's been praising for being a, doing a good job. So I don't know. That's just my opinion on this guy, man. I feel like he's part of some like <laughs> weird, like modern Illuminati Game of Thrones shit. He's related to Pelosi. Oh, don't go shit. conspiracy theory on <laughs> yeah. me now, damn it! What are you queuing on? Infowars. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding, but no, I don't really believe good. in that shit. But no, no, just, what do you think about this QAnon shit? You know, I'm I'm pretty well versed in a lot of stuff, but that is one I'm not uh, too familiar with. <coughs> I know it's some elite shit. <coughs> Just drinking water. <laughs> I know there's some elite <coughs> elite stuff involved with it. Um, that always gets me kind of weirded out and stuff. But it, when I get introduced with things that I know are gonna frustrate me, I, I tend to try and just like, all right, well. I'm not going to look into that. I, do I know myself? I'll go full wormhole and not yeah. come back for two weeks. What happened so. to Tower 7, man? Yeah, yeah well, I mean, that's, <laughs> oh, that's the type God. of stuff. That's the type. I mean, you know. I'm not no, gonna but, tr- you know, like I said, you know what I realize? It's like an interactive game, these QAnon people. Like, it's like, hey, you can, well, you is, know yeah, the okay, rules. So Q is supposed to be this mole person type. Oh, he's an extra person? Inside, I didn't right? know that. Okay. Oh. That posts on the internet, yeah, right? That okay. does these cryptic things every once okay. in a while. Okay? okay, the guy's name's Q, right? Okay. I did a little bit of reading. There was an article, I think. I, okay. I can't remember what it was on, but this guy that got deep into it for like two years and basically separated himself from like all of his friends and everything, all the stuff that he was believing and all that stuff. And then once he finally started coming out of it and you know realizing there's all a bunch of bullshit. You know, then he, this was, that's what the article was about. And so he was talking about how this guy, his name is Q. And so he's somewhere on the inside. And there was one thing where he was like, uh, tippy top, like, um, uh, President Trump was supposed to use some phrase, um, like the words tip top or something like that in his, and the guy, you know, had a request from some of the, one of the followers, hey, make him say this. And he's like, he will say this and this. And sure enough, he did. And so when you have little things like that that happen, that's all people need sometimes. Yeah, there's that one little nugget. There's a confirmation bias. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's that's the thing, man. That's why I'm saying it's like a game because you know, here are the rules. And then all you're doing is watching the news 
all day searching for these clues that may or may not happen. It's kind of like this. It's kind of like when uh, in the Beatles where they thought that Paul McCartney was dead, and right. then they thought that Paul, the Beatles were releasing like secret messages inside their oh, songs. Oh yeah, like backwards. To, <clears throat> like if you yeah, do it backwards, backwards, or like a certain position of his hand. It's like once you believe the set of rules, then now you're already not in reality, and you're just <laughs> finding confirmation by. Actually, I feel oh, like you're in reality. Actually, you're just not in actuality. It's yeah, actually okay, the this is a big reason difference. why we see faces in the clouds. It's our own biasness that we ah, that that, takes over. It's just it's like some phenomenon. I don't know actually what it is, but it's chemicals in our brain that are pushing it's, yeah our... kind of catching patterns yeah. trying, your mind's yeah. like trying to find, and you know what to be honest it's like when you're like n- trying to catch patterns of a non-reality that's like how mental illness like starts man so it's like a lot of these people like right you, yeah dude spot on you tune into it. a different frequency yeah yeah exactly. because like you, you know i mean well, hey, the... speaking from fucking personal experience i got the papers it, dude yeah, okay the but definition <laughs> of insanity is what doing something doing something the, the same, same way and expecting this a different, different result every exactly. time or something like that. I mean, to me, that fits right into what we're talking about. It's just, there's too much of like, uh, you, you just know, get, What blows my mind are these damn hearings that yeah. they have, these Senate, uh, you know, Judicial Committee hearings and whatever, and they're all the same. They always have, you know, five minutes from the Democrats and then five minutes from the Republicans. Five minutes of one side ripping up whoever it is that oh, they're yeah. grilling and then five minutes of the other side praising them and throwing, you know, whatever. And you think that going into this hearing, it's a hearing, okay? Like a judicial hearing. Like someone's done something wrong, they're going to get sentenced. Mm-hmm. Like why the fuck are you going to have a hearing unless someone's going to get sentenced if something's been done wrong? Are you talking about for the Supreme Court, you mean? Whatever the fuck. These yeah, hearings that they're yeah. having, like mm-hmm. on all these, you know, different topics, right? I feel like they're all a waste of time because they never come out with a conviction. It's not really a hearing. Why the fuck are you going <laughs> to have this meeting and this hearing and everything? Yeah. All you're like, doing you're is you're going to stand up there. It's propaganda. And we're it's throw it's just propaganda meeting for. is what it is. <laughs> we're going to sit up there and let you guys, you know, just grill you and see what's, you know, how you sound through all this shit. <laughs> That's all it is. That's what they should. I mean, I mean, I mean, shit. Theory. Like I said, I don't know what the reality, the truth is, but I know that they accused Brett Kavanaugh of like what raping a chick, right? And then uh, um, he still got confirmed, right? So I'm just saying, yeah. you're right. I don't know what the fuck. Well, we got a president that paid off two uh, hookers, right? Uh, see, I, there's so many. I don't even know, man. But well, he, he paid them off. Like that's not a. Oh, you're talking about. Uh, See, I don't, I don't even know about the second one, man. So, I, Dougal? I just... Karen McDougal? Oh, okay. Well, okay, so I yeah, think it's Stormy really funny. McDaniels and, you know. Yeah, well, I think that, okay, so that's the case in point. It is really funny. It's like people when faced with Trump's behavior, and they're asked, okay, would you want your husband? Would you want your son? Would you want any male in your, in your life to, to act, act like that him. way? And like, oh, no, no, no. But that's just But you're okay boys, with the president. But that's just how boys talk. It's, it's locker room talk. It's like, no, that's not how that shit fucking works. This is a he's obviously a terrible person. Like, this is not a situation where you can't... And again, okay, this is another thing. All right, I'm not going to... We should probably segue off this for a little bit here. But what we I'm will. saying One is last that thing here. when you have people that moralistically believe and hold on to one point and completely sidestep that so many other views go against pro-life aspects, go against humanity, there's no way that you can sit there and hold on to, oh, well, you know... It's called being oblivious. You're oblivious because you hold on to the one thing that fits your narrative. Oh, well, he's pro-life. Like, 
get the fuck out of here. What the hell is going on to the people that are actually alive because of this guy? <laughs> like, that's not pro-life. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah. It just... Hey, All man, right, so to segue... from the fucking pedophiles, yeah. okay? Uh, Q yeah. and oh, Trump. Oh, my God. They're going to fucking... I, I, yeah, I didn't want to start pressing on my... Because honestly, I'm yeah. very... You know, when you want to talk about politics, I really try and keep, keep a middle ground on everything. Like, look at the... Look at a balanced view. Well, dude, on, that's on what I've been doing. I've, I've, yeah. I've quit doing political shit. If you look at my feed yeah. for like the longest time, I just laid off of it because in this situation, you're like I was saying earlier, <clears throat> you're either preaching to the choir or you're not going to make a difference at all. Yeah, you know, so you're just wasting your time with that shit. So to segue, last night when I called you, uh, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Sella, what, what were you doing? Yeah, well, we, uh, you know, uh, through all of this, because getting back to the art show, it has been... Um, pretty stressful i've been doing it by myself um a little bit of help a little bit of help from the artists and all that stuff so i don't mean it to be uh, by myself but i've been doing a lot of organization the, organizing how yeah. much is involved in yeah this yeah so there's a lot of um you know working with the town working with the restaurant you get a going over menus <laughs> no more tickets this year <laughs> Uh, no, we learn. We, yeah, le- we you learn. know what I mean. I think that's. We but anyway, hey, that will be our our starting point. Our, yeah. our every the first day that we'll always remember. You that's know? right. That's right, man. I, no, <laughs> but, but anyways, uh, I'm not giving you any. For those shit that at don't all. know, I threw an art show last year. The James. No, we threw an art. We show, threw an art show, and we didn't know that we had to and get. We a got a large ticket for Cop, <laughs> cops came. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Like I said, but I feel like okay. Anyways, if you don't know, go back and listen to those episodes where we threw an art show and the cops came. But what I what the thing I take away from it is that dude we learned the proper way to do things <clears throat> dude we yeah, learned we who not to invite to art shows because hey we're doing a nice wall right here and yeah. you're just gonna cap everybody before the fucking art show yeah. we're never gonna invite you ever again nah, obviously it was very telling you know who i'm talking yeah, about right it was very telling <laughs> about a lot of a lot of people um from cities to permits to artists i was very surprised on a lot of the different things that had come up <clears throat> in that situation so anyways i learned a lot from that um, doing a lot that was of trial run, yeah, right? trial run. Uh, <laughs> dude. If that, had, uh, anyways. Um, so this one is going to be uh, ironed out, even uh, just even better than what we had anticipated. Um, and because of that, it's been very stressful. There's been a lot of pressure. There's been a lot of every day waking up, uh, going over checklists. Um, on top of trying to be an artist, on top of yeah. trying to make money, sell pieces, you know, doing anything that I can in this time to hustle. Um, I basically every Wednesday. Um, I guess last night was on Wednesday, it was Friday, but (laughs) usually on Wednesdays, this last week was Friday, I try to go out. I try and go out for three to four hours, paste, even if it's just three to four pieces, like just check out for a little bit. Um, Nice. Yeah, so he caught me uh, on a run last night. (laughs) Who were you out with? Me me and Esoteric. Shout out to Esoteric. OG, TCF. Yeah. Talk about a guy that gets busy. little recognition at for all. how long he's been doing yeah. this shit and he's like one of those guys that's he's another not, one that's been around since i've been around yeah and it's not one of those guys that's like he's not a print artist you know what i mean he he stencils everything it's and it's to me i get the guy is the most underrated street artist that's actually on the street in more places than just do you Mel- think he'd be Melrose. down to do a podcast oh i bet he would yeah yeah, yeah. okay yeah well you never know i mean dude yeah. sometimes he's you know and I, I never hold it against anybody. I always yeah. tell people that, you know, hey, sometimes we have people that are not into this type of thing. Door is always open if you ever change your mind, you want to come in. But like some of the, you know, top artists that we've, you know, like to come in yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, are still, you know, making their minds up. Yeah. So. No, I mean, some people just want to sit. You know, I've talked to some people 
they want to come in and hang out, but they just don't want to say anything. I, dude, <laughs> no, I'll and honest. I get that. I get they they want to be a part of the experience, right? But they don't necessarily want to like share too much. We all know each other, so it's a little bit easier to sit here and chat and be like, okay, you know, no big deal. We can probably we could probably go for three hours. Yeah, if we need yeah, to. yeah. But when you are faced with a situation where you may not, they may not know you guys at all, and they're coming into this scenario. And like I gotta talk for an it hour. It could be a little intimidating, you know? but then again, I'm you guys just, aren't very intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this, no, I'm just saying like this. This whole like yeah, it could no, be sure. like a little bit uh, anxiety for some artists, oh, you know, who aren't very like. We're uh, talking about a group of people that generally have anxiety. So I mean, <laughs> true that. You know, yeah, it's probably yes. part of the, anyone's <laughs> issue. I know, dude. I know it's been part of mine on several. Yeah. No, you know what I like too. You're at first when you're like, oh yeah, well, I tend to go out on Friday nights. For three to four hours, I, I straight up Wednesday. thought you were talking about drinking, dude. Wednesday. <laughs> I just say your, your definition yeah. of going out yeah. is, yeah, I'm gonna go out and put some pacers yeah. up, dude. You know, I mean, I think, like you know, there's some truth to that where it's like people go out clubbing or whatever, bar hopping, and that's fun. Don't get me wrong, I'm all for it. I was bartender for a long time, but um, I, I it's too stressful for me being around all that commotion and everything. it's just mm, interesting i can't i can't do it i gotta have a full checkout you know even sometimes when i paste i'm like oh, like i don't want to see a bunch of people you yeah, know? yeah yeah you yeah. go to melrose social or something. anxiety man yeah, like yeah. i'm just saying like it's it's interesting for me because i feel like it's like dude as a dj you kind of like you're supposed to be the fucking yeah. party guy yeah, well yeah, you know what's right? what's interesting too is that because we're in covid times and you know it's like you go out at night at maybe 10 o'clock to like one o'clock or something like that maybe a little bit later but there's a lot more people on the streets now because they can't go inside so it's yeah. like people are waiting for their weed outside people yeah. are outside eating and it's just like oh more shit, of a chance man. to have a neighborhood vigilante which yeah. we all hate <laughs> exactly nice <laughs> nice to see you kevin uh, <laughs> but you know what i mean where it's like a little bit more of like there's a lot more um fun to be had if you will but mm. at the same time there's a lot more eyes on you i would i think i see so what it saying. can be a little bit like i just try and stay away from those areas sometimes other times it's like the thrill of the fight yeah i mean you know, out here in the arts district, it's like dark as fuck out here. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think like there's going to be like, I don't know. For me, like, well, out you guys here, are brave, man. Like people putting out shit. Like I'm just saying like it gets fucking dark and yeah. there's like some pretty mentally unstable people hanging around. You know what I mean? So I find that I guess that's kind of comforting sometimes when you see, no, yeah. you know, just the, the night folk. As I yeah. call it. no, that's interesting, like, man. Yeah, I'm telling you. Very like, used to them. Yeah. yeah some exactly. people, some people, like they said, they have that like sense of comfort. It's like actually that sense of danger kind of like empowers them in yeah, a sense. Like I can see that. gives you like a, a rush yeah. of an adrenaline sometimes, right? Uh, and uh, you know, I mean, some people are pussies like me, dude. I'm like, I'm, <laughs> you know, what I mean, like, gotta get the fuck out of here. But I'm just saying, like, well, you know what? Our district has a little biker brigade that comes around and tries to stop any nonsense. Are they like cops? Down. They'll call the cops. Um, they're not cops by they're any, like they can't cops? arrest you. Oh, okay. They can't um hold you, but they're they'll they'll ask you to stay. Bicycles or motorcycles? Uh bicycles, you know, pedaling type. Oh, oh and, they have, and they have tr- <laughs> they have trucks. Oh dude, they're they are the uh, whatever. They probably you know, should give them a little bit of respect, but they are doing what they have to do. It's obviously their job, but they're annoying. And it's, I'm, I'm just kidding. It is one of those things where uh, they do show up out of nowhere, though, when you're in the arts district, and it's just like, oh hell yeah, man! They're on a bike, man. They just where the hell did you come from? <laughs> but one time I told a guy that I was cleaning a wall, and he just was like, oh okay, yeah, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I can't believe that worked. All right, cool. Uh, 
But I guess you always have to have an excuse ready. That's the key to it all. But I mean, like, you know, we hear stories. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, come They're on. Teach there. had a guy with a freaking hatchet come at him, like, swinging an axe. No, I don't know <laughs> what I did. Jesus. And I actually went back there the other night oh uh, to touch up a piece. Um, yeah, so, dude, what happened was um, I, had, I had gotten the piece up that I was going to get up. Uh, it was actually two pieces. And I uh, took my stuff, went back, put it in the truck, came back with my phone. And as I'm taking pictures, I hear this, what are you doing? Hey, you, what are you, are you a cop? Are you a cop? And I'm like looking around going, where the fuck is this yeah. coming from? Yeah, yeah. And the guy was coming up on me, but he was behind the box. So I didn't see him. And then right at the last minute, I like, go around this way and I see him kind of <laughs> like walking up pretty quickly. <laughs> and then before I could even say or do anything else, he pulls a hatchet out. Oh, man. Now, that's when time kind of froze for a second Yeah, for me. Because if it had been a, a knife, okay, whatever. If it had been a gun, okay, you know, whatever. But the hatchet. There's something unstable about that. The hatchet like, was <laughs> just like a whole nother level of fucked up in this you know like i'm flashing back to molly hatchet uh you know like this band that used to play rock and roll when i was a kid and everything and like the image of that molly hatchet up on the horse you know and it's like for some reason all this shit's passing through my like my life's literally yeah literally going you're gonna be that story and then um then i noticed that the dude was not slowing down at all oh my god and he is actually coming at me faster and taking a swing and, um, yeah, so that interrupted my, my moment of, of, you know, freezing there for a second and having Stop. childhood memories Stop and shit. Stop taking pictures. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I realized, like, the calculations luckily kicked in and that yeah. flight shit kicked in that was like, dude, if you don't slip, if you don't duck to one side yeah. right the fuck now, yeah, yeah. you're going to catch part of that hatchet. And sure enough, man, I slipped down like this and whew, whoa. Swinging. Whoa. Still coming at me. I'm, I ducked and I'm going backwards. Yeah. As I slip to the side and I'm like running backwards, turn around and start oh running. My God. Okay. And at the same time, I'm telling the dude, dude, I'm just taking pictures of the box. I'm taking pictures of the fucking box. Okay. Sorry, I'm not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's one of these things. It's funny in retrospect. Only... <laughs> <laughs> I just like. <laughs> I just can't. I'm, I'm a very <laughs> mental person, or like you know, pictures. So I'm just got a good old. Okay, go for it though. Finish this up. <laughs> but so, um, so then what happened was, we got up to um, where the, actually it was a little bit past the light, and we we're just past the box, and this uh, white SUV had pulled up at the light, and so the guy was starting to kind of listen to what I was saying. And at the same time, he saw this vehicle pull up. There was a, a, a black, like yeah. older guy in the in the SUV that was looking at him. And so he he kind of put the hatchet inside his jacket like this. And then he was, "Let me see your phone. Let me see your phone." What the fuck? Well, I told him as I was taking pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and he still he thought I was a cop. Okay, and, he, and but he was still swinging a fucking hatchet what at me. Did he think that you were taking? Did he catch him doing something? Something. Yeah. Who knows? Oh God. Okay. Go ahead. And so, um, so I'm, you know, I pull my phone out, and then, you know, as I'm telling the story, someone said before, "Well, dude, as soon as you put that hatchet away, why don't you just fucking take off?" Good point. Now, that actually did pass through my mind, but then if you will remember what I fucking said about he thought I was a cop and he was still trying to swing the hatchet at yeah. me? What do you think this fool is going to do if I take off running? 
You think maybe? You think maybe he might take that hatchet out and throw the fucker at me? Oh man, right now. Uh, that's right true. Now. And yeah. I'm not gonna I'm <laughs> not gonna take back. my chances. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I'm that guy. Like I've had gun wars you're with my brother guy. before, you're, you're and he shot target, me in the man. shoulder. <laughs> yeah. Somehow I, I just bad luck when it comes to situations like that. You know what I mean? Jeez. So I basically take my phone out. And I'm showing him. I'm like, you know, look, yeah, dude. Yeah. See, uh-huh. I'm taking pictures of the box. See the artwork. I did the artwork on the box. I didn't catch your murder. Then all then. of a sudden, then he realized, oh, you did the artwork that's on the box. Yeah. And then he goes, well, let me see. And so I showed him. So he says, look, see, box, box, box. Then he looks over at the box. He's like, oh man, that's kind of cool. <laughs> he wants to give him knuckles, dude. <laughs> and long, gives me long knuckles. Long story short, you guys are best friends. No, <laughs> no, absolutely not. No, and so like he's sitting there, he's like. Yeah. So I gave him knuckles, and then he went on up the street. Now, at that point in time, I, I looked right over to the guy in the in the SUV, the the black guy in the white SUV that had pulled yeah. up at the light. And, <laughs> you know, this guy just saw the whole thing happen. <laughs> just saw the whole thing happen, right? And the look he had on his face was just like, dude, what the fuck? Yeah. And I looked over at him, and I just gave him, like, the old shrug. Like, I don't know. You know, it's Hollywood, you know. But you should have said. <laughs> What's that? What should, you, what should you have said to him, though? <laughs> what should I have said? Yeah. To who? To the guy in the car. You guys buried the hatchet. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you guys could see how James was queuing that up. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, folks. We are. Dude, I'm the Italian here. We are here every Friday. I'm supposed to be the one with the shitty. This thing on, dude? <laughs> Couple of dads, and this guy makes the worst joke. No, actually, this guy made that joke last time. Oh, is that right? And I didn't have the sound effect queued up. So That's I was so expecting funny. him to be on the fucking ball right, today. So I, I've got a good, I got a good story. I was Since too into the story this time. I actually literally scared myself into sweating. I'm sweating right now. Because the last time I told that story, I didn't let myself get as involved. But because we're in here, you know, with, with sellout and everything, I, I wanted to, to feel like I fully, you know, experienced the whole thing into it. nothing better than immersive stories. I actually have a lot of friends that I spend so much time just sitting there telling stories. My girlfriend gets a little like, okay, I am not. I don't need to hear all these details. Like, you can just tell me, you know, get to the end of it. No, I, but it, what I was going to say though is teacher's story reminded me of a really uh, interesting, I'm sure it's happened to a couple of people, but it's pretty fucking weird. So I was on Melrose, standard night on Melrose. I think I was with Esoteric, to be honest, who is a lot of times who I go out with, um, San, San Gabriel Valley guy. Probably, okay. You know, so anyways. Um, is it Edgar or no? He's a different guy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so Shout out to Edgar, man. What's up, yeah. bro? <coughs> Say his name again. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, dude. Fuck. <laughs> um, so I mean, esoteric. <laughs> you say Hector? It was Hector. You said Hector, right? <laughs> no, because there's another... There is. There is. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Right. Sorry. Um, no, no. We're good. There so, you anyway, go. We're, See? We're, we're at a spot that's actually like pretty well known. Like, There's a lot of people that have, that have recycled this spot, we'll say. And so we're we're back to this spot, and um, it's late. It's like two in the, in the night, and um, all of a sudden we hear the pitter patter of, of bare feet in the distance. And at first it's like, okay, there's a lot of shit that goes on. It's weird. And then you start realizing that this guy is running full blown, buck naked, like just sprints, streaking, streaking, but not sober, not sober oh. at all, tweaking. 
full blown. I mean, I would say bro. even beyond. It might have been PCP because he was aggressive. Um, he went flying past us, at fast too. Like I'm not. I'm talking like this is like, dude, you're on a mission. And uh, somebody said something like, "Oh, come on, dude." And he turned around, and I swear to God, the fear of God went through my body. The look in his eyes and the flinch he had. And I'm not really mm. scared of too many people. Yeah, you're a small guy. guy. <laughs> I was like, you're a big guy. guy. Whoa, yeah. dude. I think we just saw God. Like, fuck, he was so pissed. Uh, and then, uh, like, a block later, you just saw five cop cars just swarm the situation. And obviously, we didn't go see what was up. But I didn't. I don't think it was very easy going. <laughs> it was, But it was... Melrose for you after hours. After hours. <laughs> oh, dude. Definitely. Yeah. Well, even regular hours, it could be pretty weird. But yeah, nowadays, right? <laughs> Shit, dude. I mean, fuck, dude. Melrose kind of looks like a war zone. I mean, for a little bit, it's, I think they cleaned it a little bit of it up. Nowadays, oh, dude, I remember uh, seeing footage from uh, from Scott with Loud Labs, Loud Labs News. Yeah, he put up a video where it was like, dude, where the fuck is this? This is on Melrose. <laughs> You know, it looked like a third world country. It looked like a third world country in the middle of a riot. And it's so crazy, too, because you go on a side street over there, and it's like $4 million homes. Like, you have people shitting on the corner. Like, literally people taking, I mean, I hate to say it, but you know what I mean? Just, like, gross shit happening. And meanwhile, it's within 500 feet of some beautiful home. And you're like, I I mean, no offense to anybody that lives there. I just couldn't do that. I don't know if I could... Well, I mean, fuck. If they're, if they're in a mortgage, I mean, you know what I mean. I mean, true, like, that, fuck, that, dude. True, like, I don't, I don't know if. Uh, the, the, but no, I'm just thinking. Like, a lot of times, I feel like people who live in the suburbs, they feel like a sense of security because it's like, shit, man. I live in Orange County, man. Like, yeah. if a, pro, you know, the protesters in my city are from these, <laughs> are from LA, dude. Because, yeah. you, you know, actually, they go to our. But I'm just saying, if you're that close to the fucking protests and all that action, man. I mean. Dude, that shit's like right up on your right doorstep, there. man. Yeah. Like, I mean, you're, we're watching the news. It's like, no, you could just open the fucking door and yeah. like see that shit outside, outside, man. You know what I mean? So, like, damn, dude, I can't imagine. We had some protesters in uh, in Brea. Yeah, right? but it, what I'm trying to say is like, you know, for this is why. How I know, far away from your house were they? <clears throat> they were in downtown. There were there were some in Yorba Linda and there were some in Brea downtown. Brea. I kind of live in the middle of that, so I'm actually pretty far away from the protest. But how I know that the people there were not from the area is that there was a lady i guess that ran into another protester in the yorba linda one or something like that you, you know what i mean it was a bunch of trump protesters uh with her car yeah with her car right and she was from long beach uh, you, you know the news reported so i'm just saying you have like these groups of people that are like literally going from city to city yeah. like it's not like every single city has like a shit ton of protesters necessarily. I'm sure some do, you know what I mean? And they're kind of trying to like gather these groups of sand from every single fucking suburb to make it like you know, you know, to make their movement bigger. They're trying man. to evenly cool. distribute the protesting. I mean, that's that's again, it's that's a tough situation um, because there's so many people that have feelings on protests. Yeah. And when we're dealing, and with, they may be unemployed too, right? Well, that I was gonna say, you're dealing with so many different emotions and in a time which I think mental um, instability instability is on the rise. Hell yeah. Uh, there's way too many stories of these things going you know, ill-fated, and it's unfortunate that these happen, but, you know, I kind of wish that sometimes these protests were a bit more orchestratedly safe, and, you know, just, it it doesn't, 
the message gets lost a lot of times when, you know, unfortunate things happen. And, you know, I think that's what kind of the anti-protesters bank on is things like that happening. So message gets lost. But anyways, it's... Well, anytime there's a, a sizable protest, what happens is you got these opportunists. Yeah, exactly. Opportunists. They come alone and they fuck it up. Yeah. The question is, you know, how, you, how do you uh, relegate that? You know, how do you, um, how do you stop that from happening? Mm-hmm. Let me ask you guys, like, in the 1960s when they protested, the police tried to clear them with water hoses, Yeah. right? And then they're like, oh, that's fucked up. We can't do that. That's like we're treating them like animals. And then now we're using non-lethal rounds. So I'm just, I kind of miss the water hoses. (laughs) It's hot out here, you you know? Talk about opportunists. You get a lot more people. It's hot now, you know? You know, it's like, damn, from... Yeah, it's like that's funny. I mean, yeah. right? if you think about it, people with these little paintballs that have uh, tear gas in them—it's terrible. I mean, there's regardless of all of it, it's just inhumane to treat any anybody you know like this. Um, but it's so crazy to see history repeating itself in a way. I mean, obviously, there's been ways of growing, but there's certainly been ways of just stagnation. And well, I mean, do you remember like okay, uh, the '92 riots? Yeah. Okay, like I was a little kid still. I mean, I remember them happening, but I really didn't understand like like no, no, things, you, you know what I mean? I didn't understand. I, I just remember like I was like, man, I've like, seen all these overhead views of all these fires in the Koreatown area. And, yeah. I, you know, I was fortunate enough not to have to live in those areas, you know what I mean? So, But it's just like... This is Rodney King, right? <clears throat> yeah, this is Rodney King. And I'm just saying like... I remember back in the day, it was like protests here in this city. Or even when like a few years ago, it was like... Uh, around St. Louis, there was protests. They didn't spread like this, though. Like, you, you know what I mean? It was like, all right, Mike Brown got killed. There, there's going to be a protest in Ferguson or something like that. And there was like a massive protest. It didn't spread like in nowadays how it's like now there's each city has its huge one. Everybody's, you, yeah. you know, I mean? it's definitely different than I mean, you have that. to credit where we are as a society using social media and the organizing techniques that are yeah. definitely um, being used now. Um, which also, I mean, the age of information, too, because people weren't, they didn't have the information that we were given at the touch of a finger now. Well, which, that all that plus on top of during a fucking pandemic when yeah. you've had people cooped up forever and yeah. they're ready to do something. Right. I totally feel that way because think about it. Ferguson was not too, that not that long time ago. Yeah. Right. Ferguson, everybody was mad about that. But it, I think it was really like everybody was at home. Everybody was fucking pissed off about the pandemic. People are unemployed. And then distractions. Th- yeah, you, you know, all of a sudden it's like, bam, that shit hit the news, you, you know what I mean? And then, like, um, so Floyd. so I think, like, yeah, the tools have, but, like, people are definitely in a different mental state, oh, man, you, you know? And, 100%. Uh, but in, and on top of that, it's like, dude, Mother Nature always, you know, with the fires, man, like, uh, that that's a whole di- different story. Right, basically. exactly. Well, yeah, which is another reason why we'll also mention the art show as being not only a way to give back, but as a way to enjoy yourself again, you know, get a chance to come out and have somebody cook really nice for you, see some really good art that's being produced right now, and and be distracted, you know, get that chance. Yeah. You can be distracted. There's no reason that you have to be so cooped 24/7. up. 24-7. Exactly. You know, give yourself a break. Um, so let me tell you something that I've, I've been finding pretty interesting, but sure. I recently read up on a study, and this probably makes a whole lot of sense, but when you apply it, it's like, oh, wow, this is actually pretty simple. When we're given... Um, a lot of choices, a lot of information, a lot of that. Our brain automatically tends to be unhappy because of the amount of deciphering that you have to do to get the truth. And this is just off of information and stuff. Now, you start 
involving pandemic, you start involving depression, you start involving all kinds of outside stuff, coupled with all this information that we're receiving this year, there's no wonder that the mix-up and outcome has been so disastrous for people because we're built to not foster this type of relationship with information. We need time to digest things. Yeah. You know? Our brain is happier with the choice of chocolate or vanilla. Yeah. It's yeah. really how it goes. But yeah. here we are going through 31 different flavors. I remember that. I remember that with kids stuff. with toys, right? They give them like a certain amount of like a pile of toys and they tell them to choose one. They end up like not playing with any of them or something like that because Dude. it's like too many options. Yep. But then if you give them like three options, like, you know, they end up choosing the best one. That's, that's, that's a good point, man. It's, we're not built to take on as much as we are taking on right now. I mean, yeah, dude, I can totally uh, attest to that. My son, you know, it's been taking its toll on him. We found out recently that he's been wanting to hurt himself. Yeah, gosh. And uh, so we're on top of that. But, you know, um, I mean, that's that, horrible for a 10-year-old How did you find kid? that out, T? Uh, just um, being seeing his being a parent, you know, just luckily um, – you know, one of the, I mean, although it's the cause of it, it's, it's also a reason why we're able to tell is because we're around them all the time. We're able to see the moods that he's going through and everything and seeing him get upset with certain things. And um, that, and luckily the, the therapist that we were talking to, because we went straight to therapists and then getting, finding someone else for him to talk to, sometimes that helps as well. But um, already he had a Zoom meeting with a, a therapist and um, that therapist told us, he said, um, you should be uh, proud of yourself. Um, he was able to use his words yeah. and express himself really fucking well. Yeah. How old is Lennox? Ten. Ten years old. That's teacher and I have Dude, when I and it brought back memories for me. <clears throat> I had kind of the um same type of feelings when I was his age. I just had no way of dealing with it, like or expressing it. Like my communication with my dad, he was military. You know, he was um not active military is a completely different uh, mind frame there, but you know he's building bombs and stuff like that and um, missiles and mines and shit, and you know the that whole mentality is you there's not a whole lot of emotion sharing and shit going on, mm-hmm. you know. So at that age, um, <clears throat> you know I remember hitting myself some, and but it was because I wanted to look like I was a tough guy. That was the reason why I was hitting myself. Mm, yeah. But you know I was experiencing thoughts that I didn't know how to deal with them. And, you know, if I knew better how to express myself, I probably could have figured out ways of, of making myself look tough without having to hit myself, mm. you know? And I think that's the, one of the beautiful things about the age of information, the time that we're in, is the self-discovery moments that we're able to uh, embrace and yeah. embody. Because, um, you know, what a catastrophe it would be to be putting ourselves through all of this with no... Understanding. Understanding. Ability to absorb what we need to absorb and take with us what needs to be taken with. Um, it's so difficult to hear stories of children. Um, you obviously have two kids. I have two kids. Um, just a, a little bit younger than yours, nine and six. But it's one of those things where you get so enveloped in the idea of doing what's right for your kid and the concept of doing becomes so much part of an action that you don't realize that it doesn't need to be an action as much as it can just be there, you know, being there, being able to listen, being all. And I think that mm-hmm. a lot of times, you know, no offense to our parents or any generations that grew up. Well, um, they did the best they had of what they yeah, knew. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I think that time was a different time. I think they dealt with emotions differently. I don't think they had the mental awareness that we have now, which again, I mean, for example, man, anxiety was a word, but it wasn't how we see it now. It wasn't 
a condition or yeah. even a descriptive term. No one was saying like, oh, I'm feeling anxious right now. That really wasn't in our standard vocabulary. And now children can tell you that. Yeah. When I was a kid, I'll tell you right now, my I, I had this habit of fucking just like doing this when I was taking tests and I would be pulling out my fucking hair because I'd be so stressed out mm. during tests and I would be biting my upper lip, sucking on it like that. And you know, and then... That was, so that was saying, your, your stress, that was your tools that you had that you had developed <laughs> yeah. to deal with the stress. And I'm just saying because at the time, it's still like your parents don't understand you. You're like, stop doing that. Stop mm-hmm. doing that. They don't understand that. It's like, hey, your, your mechanism those are the, the symptoms. <laughs> you, you know what yeah. I mean? So, I mean, like we have way better tools now. And I'm sure in 100 years, they'll look at us like as savages too. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't well, tell there was something wrong? Yeah. What's right. wrong with you? That's right. I you, guess you know what I mean? So but, but I think yeah. that's it's like great All the signs were there. What you're saying. Yeah, we actually have you didn't apply more. the formula we have? <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> well, they're, they're in a hundred years going to be like, oh, anxiety. We bred that out like we, fucking. We have the al- <laughs> <laughs> They're going to have an algorithm for that. Yeah, it's like, well, you know what? Here's the thing. Back in the day, um, any kind of mental disability or, or problems used to be seen as a weakness. Right. And so that's why no one ever fucking talked about it. That's why my dad never talked about it. My dad, I'm sure, had struggles. I mean, one of his brothers blew his fucking head off with a shotgun. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's in the family. Yeah. And unless you learn what it is that is there and how to deal with it, it's going to be a motherfucker. Yeah. And I think one of the things that a lot of people, um, generations past, described it as was addiction. You know, mental illness. And the best way to describe oh, we have addictive personality in this household or, you know, this part of the family. When you look at it, it's like, well, it's not addictive personality. There's mental disorders that have not been tackled or looked at and the way right. we cope with it is drinking Coping, yeah. yeah we drink we get <laughs> fucked up there's that's, subcategories that's, to this shit. yeah exactly you can call it addiction but there's underlying conditions that existed prior to that i mean i mean on. shit man people people can do all sorts of things to kind of like cope you, you know I'm, yeah. that's what drinking. it is this is all coping mechanisms these are tools that you found somewhere throughout life that helped you deal with all those emotions you're dealing with and it's just like hey if i say like hey why, why you shouldn't drink so much to deal with hearing that's literally the same exact thing as like the parent telling my me not to fucking pull my hair like because well, i was that, feeling stressed exactly. you, you know what i mean it's like but i'm just saying it's all i think it's also because we're more aware of these things it's also what kind of brought on the sensitivity of this generation too because we're all trying to be more sensitive and then some people kind of carry it over so it's a fine balance man oh man <laughs> well so you're always going to have the people yeah. that take it way past the edge yeah or don't even want to come close to learning about something new you know there's the the, the total spectrum of diving off the cliff or willfully ignorant yeah, exactly. I won't even come close to the cliff. So it's like, all right, well, you got to find a happy medium, you know. Yeah. And, and, and to what you were saying, too, is about how, you know, your parents are saying, oh, don't do that. You know, pull your hair. And same thing with the drinking. Oh, don't do that. But now, as opposed to back in the day, it was like, you know, the cold turkey aspect. You had to do it. But now we're knowing that it takes uh, education. It takes the build off of these types of things. And the yeah. same with any kind of behavior. It takes understanding and changing that behavior through practice through it's not going to be week one you're going to yeah. see these instrumental changes it's like maybe i didn't do what i do once twice it's like yeah. hey, you gotta celebrate that you gotta be a... yeah no so you're back right. in the day it, right. just, it just didn't happen i just and i i agree with what you know i just think that we've been talking a lot about uh, the negatives and the positives and stuff and i think there's a lot to celebrate about where we're at but at the same time you know we have obviously a lot to grow on and all that stuff so yeah you know what i used to smoke a fucking pack of cigarettes a day dude yeah okay and now it's like it doesn't control me but what i would i remember during the process of quitting sometimes you know 
you have one cigarette and then you kind of feel like you fell off the wagon or something like that. But you know what? It's like, hey, I'm celebrating because I you just think about it's like I would like to see my life. It's like, dude, five years ago, where were you? Ten years ago, where were you? Yeah. When you kind of look at your life like back like that instead of like, oh, dude, last week. This happened last two Look weeks Look at ago. it more yeah. as an accumulative. Yeah, exactly. You'll see that. I mean, if you don't see that you have come a, come a long way, then you should you know, I mean, evaluate, right? I think, I, I mean, I think this is important. I think there's a lot of times where we as people look so drastically at the end result. You know, we look at, yep. do we yeah. have the house that we want? Do we have the relationship that we want? Do we have, maybe you don't, but at the end of the day, you should be able to look back and go, this is what I do have. This is, I mean, that sounds so cliche. That sounds so cliche, but it really is about celebrating the most minute moments and realizing the journey, that, man, yeah, exactly. the journey and the process, man. I think like when you put it as like that, then it's easier to tell people, Hey, be grateful for what you have. But if you celebrate the journey, celebrate the process, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I can't, um, I would say this last year, I've definitely kind of slowed down to appreciate process to see like oh my gosh there's a lot to celebrate in the little moments where it's like you know i don't need to think that selling a piece or getting a wall or or, or just you know because that's what a lot of my success to me in my personal aspect is based on is where i am as, a, as an artist and stuff but as i really celebrate it i start to look and i go shit i wasn't like this two years ago i didn't even stress like this and you have to look at it as i'm stressing like this because it's a growth and then you look at that stress and you go, oh, actually, let me, let me bring this on. It's not as stressful as like, oh, this is negative stress. But it's stress that you realize you are taking on because you've grown. You've taken yeah. on more as a human, as a person. So I've started to realize like, okay, you know, these little moments, these little, these little victories are a major driving force on how I get to the next week, the next day, you know. And I, dude, I suffer from moments of feeling down i won't say from a depression i think at moments i had depression I think it was all different degrees of it really yeah yeah good point because i mean in not going too deep into it because we're kind of late in the show but you know i've had addiction issues i had a very strong addiction problem when i was late last week late no. 20 yeah <laughs> doing that week one here last week <laughs> i had a strong well, addiction. sweating a lot uh no. But seriously, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> if you no. are having problems, speak, you know, reach out to people that love you. But um, it's one of those things where, you know, uh, it, it just kind of where I am now and looking back at where I was a couple of years ago, it's nice. And this is what I like to tell people and, and try to embody with who I am. It's nice to be able to celebrate little victories. It's nice yeah. to be, able, you know, at, last night, okay, this is a perfect example. Last night, Edgar and I were out. Sorry, Edgar. That's so Derek. Uh, Hector. <laughs> and I were out. And one of the things that is so nice or like, it's when you get a good spot. Like yeah. you put up a nice piece and you're just, it, nothing else really matters at the time. You're just kind of like, yes, this was, I got That's what you're talking about. That's part of the process yeah, along exactly. the way. You're celebrating that little moment. Amen. There it is. It's that little five minutes that can, if you let it, make your evening. And I'm yeah. letting it happen more. Like I'm letting it be that part. Um, which in hindsight, I guess, you know, want to rewind it and everything. This is what 2020 has done for me. You know, you can look at it negatively, which is kind of how we've been balancing. It's like we've looked yeah. at the negative and the positive. But I think at the end of the day, you got to be able to fall back on the positive. And I think that's and what we're doing with your son, what we're doing yeah. with, you know, any aspects of growth. And Sure. Yeah, and also, I'm just saying, like, <clears throat> talking about the process, man, it's something you, you really want to relish sometimes, too, man, because think about this. When you reach that goal that you always wanted to reach, 
I mean, unless you're dead the what next do you do day, then? <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? It's right. like, now you're like, ah, now what? Yeah. Okay. So I'm just saying like, you might as well enjoy the fucking journey. Right. If you know that, if you know in your heart that you're going to get to your goal, yeah, whether yeah, it's, that's... To, you, you know what I mean? Because it's like, once you hit that goal and you're like, now what? I, I was just going back to UFC. We always kind of talk about it. It's like, there's a UFC champ, Israel Adesanya, Stylebender. He, man, this guy's like one of the youngest guys in the UFC. Skinniest too. <clears throat> Skinniest, right? And no problem up, he was like, weight. fuck, man, I reached the UFC champion when I was this age. Now what, dude? I'm still the same guy. It's just like now I can't really walk around. Some people notice me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm, not, I'm just saying like if the UFC champ of the world is saying that, it really like clicked in my mind. I was like, dude, you know, I, let's just say for this podcast, if we had a million listeners, okay, you, you know what I mean? We'd be super influential, right? But we still be sitting here doing the same, same exact, exact fucking thing. Yeah. You, you know, I mean, you still got to put in the work. And I'm just saying, it might make our egos a little bit feel a little bit better, right? You, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, I'm in like, what has changed? Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. The, the action, the process is still the fucking same exactly. thing that you're, you're still showing up every single fucking day. So, I mean, like I said, it's, it's better to just celebrate the process than to actually celebrate the fucking final you know destination well, and i think too if you look at it as process then you start to realize process is a daily thing and then you yeah. go well i have something to celebrate on the daily mm. tell you what there is something kind of to celebrate with this event too um this is probably one of the first times i've done a, a collaboration piece where it's like me Ooh, yeah. and two other artists yeah, at the see. same time do some fire it's just me and one other artist doing a collaboration so yeah, this, and this is, is like not just very like very few are... times that this will ever happen, really. And so it's uh, basically sellout, uh, Carpart, and myself. Um, a hero, went, right? Uh, went to town. Uh, no, it's just us three. Oh, okay, sorry, uh, my mistake. Piece. But we do have some other collaborations that are okay. Th- we're talking to. I'm but, saying three but, alumni, uh, th- three people on from this show, yeah. man. I mean, if you listen to this show, man, it's just like one of the. This is like one of these people, and it's like dope ass piece with a dope ass frame dude and again i think it goes back to process i think it's the fact yeah. that you can bring three guys together like us who have you know arguably some styles that are similar but very different styles as well and uh the process behind this piece was awesome to me yeah. it was like dude, we wow. got together had some beers had yeah. a good time telling the stories it was cutting up it was like it was like doing a wall or something yeah. you know it was like but then you realize oh we're doing a, a piece you know and and there was a there was it wasn't just a let's put a you know little bit of paint here and and hope that it works out with a good stencil it was like oh wait no let's put this here let's have some meaning behind the depth here place the eyes here use this color there and before you knew it, by the time it was done, it was like, dude, this is going to be a killer. Like, this is going to knock. Yeah. Know? And it has been It good. went from, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, you know, auction this piece off to, you know what? Maybe we'll put a price point on it and yeah. we'll do prints. Yeah. That's <laughs> what we'll do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because when you get that involved in a piece, you enjoy it that much, then. Uh, so, so, how mu- so for this event, man, tell us about, like, uh, uh, how much does it cost to go to the event and things like that? Because uh, So that's good, yeah, because I did want to clarify with everybody just to like, give you guys understanding that, you know, this is worth every single penny. Um, so basically what we have going on is uh, it's a $100 ticket, but that $100 ticket gets you three courses, one which will be lobster and steak, um, another, well, three courses. There'll be beautiful courses, one which will be exquisite. Um, coupled with wine pairings, you'll have a dessert, and it's all within this beautiful uh, setting. And then the remaining part goes to the gratuity of the evening. 
um, and then to charity. So nothing goes back to the artists. It's not about giving anything to us. It's legitimately oh. about the experience and about giving back to charity. Our only benefit from this is if we sell something, if we're to sell, and even then the charity gets 50% or more of what that uh, piece sells for. So we're really trying to make this about um, the community as much as possible from the ticket all the way to the end of the evening. Um, so we'd have two tiers of tickets, uh, general admission, $100 that gets you everything you need as far as wine, dinner, um, and admission. And then we have one ticket which gives you early access. So you get there at five o'clock, um, you'll get a tour by one of our girls and basically give you a rundown of the evening, his history about what everything is gonna go on, um, how this event will be embodied in the future and where we'll kind of go with it. And then um, some prints, so one of a kind prints for the evening that are put on by Balancing Act, uh, which is the gallery uh, that I've been working on with my friend. Awesome. Um, so yeah, we've, we're giving as much as we can back for the money that you're spending. So it really does give people a chance to escape, have a good night out, but also go and get something out of it, you know. Get a nice dinner. Get a print. So support. Check Basically, out. everyone that that does get a ticket is going to get one of my. Uh, it's actually the original uh, first silk screen that I did. It's a very simple teach piece cross. They are signed, uh, dated, numbered. I got an embossing stamp, and then I uh, hand embellished, uh, burned um, forty of these. Um, one for each guest that that shows up. That's Even if beautiful. you only spend a hundred bucks, you're going to get uh, one of these prints. Yeah, and, and teacher's not the only artist that's trying to do what they can for everybody. So you might be surprised as to what you're getting for this $100. It's really going to we'll be check this out, quite man. a surprise, I think. And yeah. this is a surprise for you. We're going to have two tickets donated by Illustrator Gallery. Oh, nice. For somebody who, uh, what do you want to do for this podcast? I mean, somebody, they have to have gotten to... Yeah, listen through the show, I feel like. You, you know what I mean? I, I think obviously, you... if you know about this, you have to, had listened to all of our banter for the last Yeah, episodes. yeah. So, it's... I mean, okay, I'm going to leave it to you, Sella. Okay, yeah. how, how are you going to give two of these tickets away? But LSR Gallery, obviously, we're going to sponsor two tickets to the show, dude. Let's, and do, then... let's do it this way. The first person to the DM first? me with their address. Because at, they listen. Because to... they listen to the show. Okay. Then they'll get the pair of tickets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, yeah, that's, yeah. that's a $200 deal, yeah, essentially. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Three courses six glasses of wine for you and your partner and uh, a night out in Monrovia in a, in a beautiful, beautiful uh, event. So yeah, yeah DM man. me as soon as you hear this and DM we your will address. Yeah. D DM me your address on Instagram. I'm and, sorry. And, on Instagram. And you, you will get uh teacher's uh, uh, limited, limited pieces That's with right. this, uh, uh, LA Street Art Gallery. And I can, I can guarantee you there'll probably be some other prizes to go along with that. So this is a, a great deal. DM me your address when you hear this. Hell yeah, man. All right. So I think that that about wraps it up, man. We got, uh, Black Palm's on his way in, man. And uh, anything else, man? I, I mean, dude, sell out. You're always like organizing shit, man. That's why we're always happy to support you, man. Well, you know, what? actually, next time I come on, we should talk about. I'm trying to lean towards sellout events. I'm trying to move towards uh, event. Oh yeah. And okay. Events. Oh, I mean, shit, man. We'll I mean, talk about that I think, again. I think uh, maybe nice. our our first event back for Paint the Town podcast. Maybe uh, yeah, you know, we'll we we'll, go, we'll talk about it next time, though. All right. <laughs> all right awesome. Guys, that's good. Hell thank yeah, you. man. No thank problem. So, so much, dude, dude, thank you so much, bro, for coming in, man. Always and uh, uh, to the audience, man, love you guys. Take care. Follow us at PTTP Show and uh, peace. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.